Hi, everybody. Chris Sales here with the Z DevOps Talks podcast. Welcome back. Um, if you're a returning listener, then uh, we're going to be starting off a new season. Um, if you're a new listener, welcome. Thank you so much for for joining us, and we are very grateful that you take the time to listen to some of our uh, some of our talking. Um, we have a, a ton of episodes in the backlog. Definitely check them out. Um, but this season, this new season, we are going to be partnering with uh, the compilers team. We're going to be talking about compilers. We'll be talking about language. Um, sort of bringing together DevOps compilers, why language is so important for what we do, um, and some of the new, you know, new stuff going on in that ecosphere. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and uh, kicking it off with us for this particular season is Roland Koo. Roland, how are you? Very well, thanks. Uh, Chris, That's it's great. nice to be uh, back with you again. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Roland was a guest on our podcast uh, a number of episodes ago. Um, definitely, like I said, if you're if you're a new listener, go back and check that episode out. But um, today, Roland had some different stuff to talk about. But before we get to it, uh, Roland, how about you introduce yourself real quick? Give us the give us the high level. What who are you and what do you do? Yeah, uh, my name is Roland Koo. I lead the product management team for compilers and enterprise products. Um, so I. In my portfolio, I have the, uh, all the popular compilers like C, C++, COBOL, PL1, uh, Java. And now we have some new languages as well, like Node.js, Python, and Go. So we do have a, a, a very exciting portfolio and be happy to talk about how they can help uh, customers uh, do their uh, application modernization. Nice, nice. That's awesome. That, that's a- that's a that's a that's a huge portfolio there. That's a that's a lot of languages, man. How you are you you got you guys good? You guys got help? Everybody's everybody's managing. Yes, yes, and uh, I think it's uh, the, the interesting thing about this is that now we're venturing into the uh, world open source. That actually, uh, you know, although we're kind of new in this space, but uh, we are positive and very confident that we will get you know provide a lot of uh, interesting alternatives for application modernization uh, for the ZOS platform. Yeah, nice. That's that's really important because as, you know, as part of the whole DevOps, uh, the DevOps theme of this podcast and just DevOps in general, um, huge focus on, on modernization, huge focus on making things, uh, making making our, um, our enterprise or legacy code um, base or code catalog, just all of our assets and everything that we have and being able to take it forward um, and sort of do the things that we need to do to provide end users and customers with features and functions that they they need at this point, you know, at this point in time, um, which is very interesting. So on modernization, we, as I mentioned, we're partnering with compilers, but I guess the question that our audience might have, and actually a question, um, yeah, not so much specific, so much more specifically to myself, but I did, I did wonder what's the, what's the play for compilers? Why compilers? How does how do we how do we marry compilers and DevOps in this in this modern world? How does it fit the DevOps space? Sure. Uh, so DevOps is like about the process, about the tools, about automation, right? About making things more efficient. Uh, you know, in, to deliver the features that you need. You know, in a shorter time and more efficient, right? That, that's where the tools can help you. But you know, for an right. application programmer or someone who actually developed application, uh, they have to deal with code, right? And code is usually mm -hmm. expressed in some form of programming languages, right? And and the the logic is actually expressed with, uh, you know, uh, it, it, through the programming languages and the 
compiler, this is really where the compiler and languages comes in, right? Because uh, in the past, for example, if you're writing a COBOL application, you want to extend it, you, your choice is only the COBOL language, right? But uh, right. now we have more options for you, right? So we can actually, uh, you know, you can actually extend it with Java, you can extend it with, uh, you know, even Node.js or, or some new languages and bring in the uh, packaged ecosystem along with it, right? So that you can hmm. write less code, develop faster and uh, be more efficient in delivering and, you know, the, the, the functions that you need for digital transformation. Well, that's cool. Yeah, that um, that that is sparking um, thoughts where um, one of the things that one of the recurring themes on our, our podcast that we tend to bring up, and I think Roland, we might have talked about this at one point too, um, is the fact that while uh, it was it was some years back that everybody realized that it was going to be a crisis um, trying to find um, bring in new custodians for our quote unquote legacy code right Cobol PL1 Rex uh, you know all that kind of stuff folks that really know their their way around JCL um, and it's sounding like being able to bring in these new languages and the patched ecosystem and being able to extend um, you know things like Cobol PL1 with the newer languages is probably a really smart move because that should let newer developers or developers that are more focused on open source languages and you know newer languages in the door right to let them in the door to to really assist with um you know bringing the ex existing applications in the existing languages into the modern world right does that sound about right, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, we we know that skills are hard to find with the uh, like COBOL and PL one, but we we also think that you know uh, COBOL and PL one are doing a fine job for you. And uh, the IBM Z platform is the only platform that uh, you know uh, have new hardware features that are designed specifically right for to improve the performance of COBOL applications and PL one applications. Right. Um, nice. So. So basically, uh, you know, all you need to do is to stay current with the compilers, stay current with the hardware, you get all the benefits there, right? So your efficiency mm. will improve as you, uh, you know, as you uh, put these uh, new instructions into the, into, the, into the executables that you're running. So that's an easy part, right? But then uh, when you extend it, then, um, you know, we have the, a, a lot of skills out there, like, for example, uh, talk about Python. Um, a lot of schools are actually teaching Python in the university courses, right? So a lot of skills out there. And uh, we just wanted to make sure that, you know, uh, those skills are also available to work on uh, on the Z systems, right? Because when we nice. enable Python and the open source languages, we're not making a new version of it, right? Or a new interpretation of it, but we're actually, you know, uh, enabling the the open source language as is onto the platform. So basically your skills are trans is transferable. Right. So if you have a lot of skills on distributed platform or cloud, you can actually easily make use of those skills and make them work on the Z platform as well. Wow. Yeah. And that's actually that's probably opening up jobs and stuff for for folks out of college or folks that are trying to switch over or just learning coding. Right. Yeah. And the exciting thing is like they're actually writing business critical code. Right. Actually, a lot of businesses depend on on these code uh, running properly and running efficiently on the platform. And in terms of competitiveness, right. The, the speed to deliver, uh, you know, those enhancements is actually key to, to, to the success of the business as well. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. That's really awesome. So that's you, you're, you're, I'm following this. 
and I'm, I'm just sort of trying to compile everything that I'm thinking about. Cause what you're sharing is really amazing. It's really cool. Um, so it's sounding to me like being able to bring these new languages in and sort of just, and, and create compilers that are able to handle, uh, an amalgamation of different languages in order to, 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 you know, enable business critical function inside of applications that are, you know, that were maybe written in COBOL or PL1, but are still running and are still doing a fine job, as you said, which is great. Um, so that's, I guess what I'm trying to get at is where, what's the necessity there? Why are these, these, why is this push for languages and bringing them into compilers? Why is it so necessary for modernization specifically? I want to kind of boil it all down and take the information we just talked about and like get some really good bullet points here. So why are languages necessary for modernization? Right. So we know that, uh, you know, business are digitally, digitally uh, transforming themselves, right. To get closer to the customer, to bring more services and value to their customers. Right. So we know that there is a lot of, uh, you know, work that, that needs to be done in, in, in you know, to support that. Right. Um, so we, I mean, part of the, the, the languages uh, come into place, provide options, uh, you know, uh, uh, so that customers can find the language that best fit what they want to do. And this would, you know, uh, really uh, help them, you know, uh, decrease a lot of, uh, you know, the, the, the decrease the delivery time and, and deliver faster. And also, you know, reapply the skills that is already available, maybe somewhere else in the organization to work on, on, on a Z system. And also, there are also new workloads, right? Uh, uh, new applications, like for example, the push for uh, AI and, and machine learning. That uh, you know, some of the that's one of the major features that we ship in the Z16 platform, right? And uh, all these uh, new workload on the platform, and and you know, you need new languages to support that. Uh, you know, if you want to do data analysis, Python is your you know, it's the number one choice because they have the entire open source ecosystem that supports you to do that kind of work, right? So, um, so that's also what we're doing. Is like we we're trying to uh, help cust- customers use the, the the capabilities of machine, and you know, based on necessity, uh, you know, if they wanted to uh, employ some AI technology or do th- some intelligent data analysis, then you do need something. You know, uh, to, to help you do that, and for example, also uh, for automation, right? Um, a lot of people are want to manage the systems uh, in in a way that uh, is consistent the way that they manage the spirit platform. So Ansible would be a good, uh, you know, a choice uh, to have, and Ansible actually uses Python as well. So so those kind of things, uh, you know, that when you modernize the entire thing, right? You, you don't just look at one aspect of uh, you know of modernization. Uh, you're basically looking at the entire spectrum. When you look at that, then the new languages actually come in and, and, and can actually help, uh, uh, you know, in that sense. And, and for example, Node is a very good um, uh, data intent. You know, if you have data intensive uh, applications, Node would be a choice because, uh, you know, it, it can actually help you generate some quick reports or, you know, move data around or even orchestrate APIs, right? So. Uh, and Go is a very good, uh, you know, infrastructure uh, tool. If you have concurrency and all that, and you want efficient compiled code, that's your choice. So that's what we're we're, we're doing, and and that's why you know we bring in all these uh, these languages. But I also want to mention that uh, there's no <laughs> there, there is no um, 
uh, problem or, or you know, uh, if you're using COBOL to expand, extend your COBOL applications, you can, you know, it's absolutely fine to do that because uh, for every release of the languages, even the, the COBOL and PL1, we actually put out new uh, language features to help them do, to help customers do that. So, so when I talk about best fit and choices, that's really what I mean by that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Especially, yeah. The, the idea that I guess what I'm hearing is that like, it's okay if you want to keep, you know, just keep using just strictly COBOL, strictly PL1, whatever, just, just putting everything, you know, putting all your eggs in that basket and just moving it forward. Because as you were saying, there are, um, there are updates, there are improvements that are still happening with those languages. Um, but that's just really cool that you can do so much more. It's, it's the idea, the, um, the, the metaphor that I like to use, which admittedly I, I've stolen from, uh, John sales, who is my father's a guy that we had on a podcast a while ago. Um, is it's like the, the house phone, which I'm, there are probably listeners, listeners out there that don't know what a house phone is. Cause I'm sure there are, I apologize. Um, you know, I've, I'm officially hitting that age where I'm realizing that I'm old, right. Or that I'm, that, that I'm, that I'm cresting the hill. So, but for those of you that understand, it's like a house phone or a landline versus a cell phone, like that, the house phone and the, the landline that'll do the job, right. It'll, it'll get it done. It, it does what you need it to do. But when you have a smartphone and you can not only make your call, but you can be like, as an example, I was on my way home from the school run today. I was running a little late and I was able to join a meeting that I needed to join and actually participate because I had a smartphone. Right. So like, that's huge. Right. And that's sort of what I'm hearing the inclusion of Node, Python, Go, um, just newer languages into the compilers that can also handle legacy coding like COBOL and PL1. That's, that's like a metaphor for, for what they can do, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the, that, that's a really good example, right? Um, and also the house phone is, is particularly useful when your power goes down, right? So you have no power, mm -hmm. the house phone still works. So it has, oh. its own, uh, it has its benefit too, right? Roland, I'm stealing that yeah, from you too. Let it be known right here on the podcast. Yeah, I also want to add a couple of points. Sorry. Um, yeah. So, so for the you know for for the uh, the language to work together, that's really where our focus is going to be. Um, you know, whether it's going to be APIs or interlanguage calls, right? Um, so sometimes mm -hmm. you know APIs may not be the best uh, you know uh, uh, thing to use. Um, for example, if you have a bad job and you you, you can't really uh, rely the performance on, on too much on HTTP and that kind of stuff. We're actually talking about mm -hmm. interlanguage calls as well. So the latest uh, new invent, you know, new innovation that we put into the COBOL compiler is to, you know, have a, a simpler way of making COBOL uh, work with Java applications, right? And that's another way okay. of extending it. Um, so, so basically what happens is like you have a COBOL, right? The compiler actually generating JNI calls to match the data types so that you can actually call the uh, the Java uh, the Java applications like you're calling another procedure in COBOL, right? And then Java okay. can do the same thing. And the and the magic there also is like it, it, you know uh, we also make 31-bit applications work with 64-bit applications, right? So we know that oh, uh, you know okay. data is growing, so addressing space requirement goes up, right? Um, so the 31-bit addressing mode you know can very easily uh, you know, be not enough for a lot of applications uh, due to the, 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 the data, the increase in the data volume, right? So what we did was, um, and we also know that, you know, we can't 
make customers do convert everything to 64-bit and run everything there. Um, so what we did was we put in a feature to help uh, bridge the 31-bit uh, code and, and make it interoperate with 64-bit code, right? That actually is open up the uh, a, a wide range of, of applications like, uh, you know, the, the Java and COBOL interoperability is just one example of it because, uh, you know, the JVM is more going to be moving forward. It's only going to be supporting 64-bit, right? And uh, most COBOL code is still running in 31-bit. So we are putting in those kind of things as well uh, to help customers, uh, you know, uh, modernize the applications, giving them another choice of doing so. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's choice. Choice is huge, right? Choice is really big. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So that's a lot of background and that's, that's, um, that's so much interesting stuff to, to chew on while we're, while we're digesting that and sort of thinking about, um, or now that we've got a picture in our head of, of what's, what the cell is. And I don't usually like to say that, but like, you know, just for the, just for the fact that our listeners are probably thinking, okay, so cool. I get, I get why they're necessary, but what, what is, what's new? What are we doing next? How are we going to address that um, going forward? So two questions, two parts, right? First part is going to be um, sort of what's, what's new and what's coming up and exciting in the compiler space. Um, and then the second question is that is with what's new and you've touched a little bit about this, touched a little bit on this, uh, but I want to, again, boil it down and make it nice and concise. Uh, how is this going to help me as an end user do modernization tasks, right? So first question, what's new in the compiler space? And then second, how is this helping me to modernize? Right. So what's new is like, we're going to be focusing on modernization, uh, you know, as well as the... Um, you know, as well as optimization, right? We do a very good job of optimizing it for the platform. And in fact, we actually work with the hardware team very closely uh, to, you know, to develop those hardware features and instructions, right? To, to help the, the, the application workload on the platform. So we'll continue to do that. That's uh, our number one. But what we're expanding into is more on the open source side, right? Bring in the new uh, package ecosystem and uh, making it, uh, you know, understanding, you know, the, the, the user scenarios um, so that we can provide a better solution for our customers. That's really what we're going to be, going to be focusing on, right? Um, and uh, so, so it, the, the focus is all about, uh, about application modernization for the hybrid cloud. Okay, nice. Okay. Um, so that's the new focus. Any specific things that you want to that you want to touch on? Um, any new like interactions, interoperabilities? Um, you know, with those specific languages that you mentioned, like Python, Node.js, Go, stuff like that. Um, anything specific you want to to discuss about like purposes and and where we can use them? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, you know, if you look at Python, it is really a I call it a Swiss Army knife. Like it, it actually fits in a lot of uh, situations, right? Uh, we talked about data and AI uh, analysis, and then um, that's one big use of it. Uh, we talked about Ansible, like system management. There's another uh, big use of it, but it's also a very good scripting language that you can actually use it for automating some of your DevOps process and 
and and and and things like that as well. Um, uh, for Node, I think it is uh, you know a lot of people are looking at uh, you know APIs, and APIs now is not really uh, about uh, you know in a textbook form we basically say that hey we have one this API and then we bring the data and then we you know we we service that API. But in reality, right? I mean, APIs might be calling other APIs, and you might have mm-hmm. to, you know, uh, add some business logic, right, to to that, uh, you know, to 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 basically uh, to answer the question <laughs> that uh, the, the uh, uh, you know the, the requester is asking, right? Um, so when you have to add any business logic uh, to the orchestrating uh, process of uh, APIs, Node.js is a it's a great one for it, right? Um, and and for Go, uh, it is a compiled language. It is very very uh, you know uh, efficient. Uh, it's very easy to learn as well. Um, and also, it brings in a lot of uh, benefits in terms of concurrency support and the crypto support and all that stuff. So, um, you know, if they wanted to write you know big applications, uh, you know uh, infrastructure type applications, this would be a great language to use. And Chris, I mean, we're, I'm just not talking about the user scenarios, you know, uh, you know, out of the blue. But uh, we actually are using these languages ourselves, right? Um, our uh, machine learning uh, application actually uh, relies on on, uh, on 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 Python, uh, you know, and and a lot of it is actually have a lot of internal use as well. Uh, and we're, you know, it's no secret that we we're working on some. Uh, Container runtimes, and we actually use Go for that, and we're actually internally using Go to 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 enable these on the ZOS platform. Um, uh, for Node, I think it's a very important part of Zoe. So it it's really uh, there's a lot of use for these uh, 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 products uh, in, internally as well as externally. So that's why we want to make sure that you know we have the uh, the best implementation because we actually rely on it as well. You know, and that's part of why I love working where I work and being able to talk to folks like you. Um, is just being able to point out the fact that we're not we're not doing creating you know producing things just for the sake of doing it. We actually we use what we what we sell essentially. We use what we produce, um, and that's that's just super super cool and really important for everybody to hear. Um, you know, we, that we, that we do that sort of stuff. So, okay. Um, so we've learned a lot about modernization, about what compilers do for us in the DevOps space, why they're necessary and why the, and, and what we're doing, like in terms of going forward, what we're pushing into, um, into the near future and what we're trying to, to accomplish, but that leaves us with a big question. Um, with all of these options and with all this information, how do we choose what we're going to use on the platform? Like, how do we how do we figure out what's going to be best for our implementation? When I say when I say our, I'm talking about end users. I'm talking about folks that are actually going to be, um, you know, using these these improvements and and upgrading and making sure that all the compilers are up to date and sort of pushing forward with, with the IBM solution for compilers and, and what you are doing. How do, how do we choose, what, how do we know what's best, right? Yeah, I, I just went through a very high level, uh, you know, description of this, but um, I was hoping that, you know, maybe we can do some uh, sessions or podcast sessions on uh, a little bit more deep dive into the technology. 
um, so that we can actually explain right a little bit more on how to how to choose and you know what is the best benefit that we have learned so far and what kind of customer scenarios that we've been through that we'd be happy to share with the audience. Yeah, like tech sessions or something like that. I think that'd be great. Um, definitely would love to hear from the viewers on you know or the the viewers, the listeners. I'm just staring at a screen. My eyes are open, so. Of course, everything I see I'm viewing. But anyway, yeah, no, for the listeners, um, that I think that would be really cool. We'd like to hear from you on that. But um, okay. Well, Roland, this has been fantastic talking to you. Um, thank you for sharing all this information. Um, as usual, enlightening to me. Um, hopefully, our listeners are finding it uh, enlightening as well. Um, we really appreciate all of you that are out there listening. New listeners, thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you'll stick around, check out some of the backlog episodes and stick around for more um, more DevOps and compilers collaborations for this season. Should be pretty cool. Um, you can find us on Anchor, Google, Spotify, probably a couple other places that I'm forgetting. But if you were to Google Z DevOps Talks podcast, um, you should be able to find us. And uh, we are very grateful for you being here. Roland, thank you so much for joining. We really appreciate you. Uh, Thank you so much, Chris, for having me. Everybody take care and we'll talk to you next time.